It's sort of like a mashup of Amadeus plus Sexy. Welcome to the Euro What, episode 148 for the week of March 14th, 2022. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about the final selections for this year's competition. We did it, Ben. We got through selection season. We have heard all of the entries, asterisk. We'll talk about the asterisks at the end of the show. Uh, Speaking of asterisks, have a correction from last week's episode. I had mistakenly said that France's entry this year may be the first one in Breton. It is not. France's 1996 entry was also in Breton. So it's the first Breton entry in 26 years. I apologize for the error. It's fine. There, There are performers in this year's Eurovision who were not alive the last time there was a French entry in Breton. That should be the excuse I go with, uh, rather than the excuse I did have, which was my brain was soup when I did the check, but could have done one more Google, did not do that one more Google. So uh, we'll we'll try to be careful in the future. We'll see how long that holds up. Uh, (laughs) Reset the count to zero. But you know what? I like it when we have a bunch of songs spread out over seven days instead of seven songs spread out over one day. Me too, especially when it's the day before we record. It's like, I haven't listened to everything yet. I've, I've actually had a chance to sit down with all of these songs. There's one entry this week that I'm very interested to see what it does to my Spotify by the end of the year. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, I, I will leave you to guess which one that is while we cover everything this week. But should we dive in? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so this week's uh, entries got started on Tuesday. When our last episode dropped, Switzerland also dropped their entry, Marius Bear's Boys Do Cry. was an internal selection for switzerland i think this is the third time they've done that since pivoting from the selection process they were using yeah it's an interesting choice in the very midwestern interesting sort oh, of. oh yes oh good i was i was hoping that was like a full midwestern well it's interesting it's di- it's different first of all the fact that it is a third internal selection and they went with a male singer again switzerland maybe stretch your legs a little bit but i just not into this one i yeah it feels like the music trends of 2002 are back because it has been 20 years because like this one feels like nora jones it's kind of jazzy pop i was seeing a lot of people in the the comments of the youtube saying that this sounded like a john lewis christmas ad from the uk and they're not wrong i think that's a great way to sum it up it's so slow it is so it's slow it's too slow it's too slow also i don't love the optics of releasing a song called Boys Do Cry on International Women's Day. They had the scheduled out for a while, so this was a big misfire on their part. When I was cutting the audio clip for this, it was like, you know, I kind of want to listen to this at like 
two times speed. Even at two times speed, it still feels very, very slow. And it feels like it's also trying to go to the same place as Growing Up is Getting Old was going to last year. And you know how much I loved that track, but it did kind of flop at Eurovision, so I'm kind of surprised that that may be an inspiration point. Somebody at Team Switzerland HQ watched Boys with Emotions at Melfest. was like, you know what? This needs to be three times slower. (laughs) The message isn't getting through. I appreciate where the message is going, but just like, I don't like this song. Maybe it'll be different when we see a live version of it. We haven't had much of an opportunity to get to know anything about Marius. So I don't know. Maybe he's a real dynamic personality. The song is not necessarily reflecting that, if that's the case, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how this entry evolves. I'm not optimistic, unfortunately. On Wednesday, we got two songs. Uh, the first song uh, coming from Georgia and Circus Mercus with Lock Me In. video was posted on YouTube, and there's a message on there that says the fun, colorful video will come at a later date because it did not seem like the right time to release a fun video with everything that is happening in Ukraine right now. It looks like a black error screen on YouTube, and it's condemning Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I don't think we're going to see this on the official Eurovision channel, no. but uh, I, fu- I fully support what is going on. It does not surprise me that, that Georgia is doing this. I fully support this. What did you think of this track? It surprised me in that it feels much more straightforward than I expected, given like all of the pre-roll-up to the this that we got from Circus Mercus. This is kind of standard indie rock, and I, I'm I'm into it. The thing that made me reach for and look up, like, who was the, the artist who did this, uh, the, the song that sounded the most like this at Eurovision last for me, uh, and it was Georgia 2016. It sounds like a, a little bit poppier version of Midnight Gold. Midnight Gold made it to the finals and did very well. I would not be surprised if there's overlap between the two groups. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were promised a lot of weird energy from this group, but since they were kind of radio silent from that initial video that they posted back in, what was it, November, December? A subwoofer moved in and kind of took all of that like weirdo energy. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> took like the kooky energy. I am also getting early 2000s indie rock from this, uh, which I enjoy. It's just like, oh yeah, this is like what I was listening to in college, but it does feel very niche and kind of a hard sell at Eurovision. So I'll be curious to see how this is accepted like by a wider audience that's not me. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, like I, I want to see what the visuals that go with this look like because that could help really sell this for me. Just the audio, I could see people dismissing it as being very repetitive. If it has the right staging or like video techniques. I'm thinking of what Midnight Gold's performance was like uh, at Eurovision and how it was really kind of recreating those 1970s midnight special video effects. Like if, if they're able to do something along those lines and kind of reinforce the retro vibe, it, it could be pretty cool. 
We are getting a bunch of songs that are between two and three minutes. I'm surprised they're leaving 30 seconds on the table with this one. Because, like, they could easily do, like, another... They could throw something else in there. They could add a bridge. They could... They're, they're doing the chorus a lot and, like, the various pieces of the song a lot. So, like, I'm surprised that this one is as short as it is. There could be a break in the middle that they throw in, like a pause of some sort. I don't know. Yeah, this one's going to be fun to play around with. I yes, yeah, but I, f- I feel like we're missing like a critical visual portion. Also released on Wednesday was Cypress's entry from Andrew Mache, which is called Ella. And this is the first time that Greek has been part of a Cypriot entry since 2013. And I did double check that. So (laughs) (laughs) there have been other languages uh, besides English that have been uh, part of Cypriot entries, but you would think Greek would come up a little bit more frequently since that is one of the languages spoken there. What did you think of this one? It felt very weird to be watching the video when it came out and have it not have like a weird shot of head and shoulders for five seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Those branded bananas. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This feels like an interesting sidestep for Cyprus after a few years of having a very defined template of what they send to Eurovision. I'm really interested to see how it does because it feels like it's a return to sort of like more of like an early 2010 Cyprus where it was much more folk pop driven, pulling from a lot of traditional music, but sort of trying to mash that up with pop. I get that. I think the video is gorgeous. Yeah, oh yeah, the video is just beautiful. It might not be branded like head and shoulders, but watching it, I was just like, ooh, I really do want to visit Cyprus one day. So maybe that that is what the branding is. It's like, come visit Cyprus. We have beautiful cliffs. So... Like, I I find the track to be very radio-friendly. I'm worried that it's not particularly memorable. Yes. Yeah, is is that it feels like it doesn't have as immediate a hook as El Diablo or Fuego Hat. Right, yeah. Like, it it is definitely not in your face, but I think that's a good move for Cyprus to make. Because, yeah, like, if they sent one more Fuego clone, they would have been probably laughed out of the arena. It, It was diminishing returns. Hopefully this shift works for them. And it may just be a case of just needing a few more listens since there was a lot of stuff that came out this week. So it didn't get as much play. So maybe it didn't have a chance to really burrow into the memory just yet. But we, we've we've got time. Thursday, we had three songs debut. And that started with Belgium and the release of Jeremy McKayase's Miss You. Trying to erase my mind. You stay like a nightmare when I close my I feel like I need to give this one, like, one or two more spins. The first part of the song feels like it's going to set itself up to be a little bit more up-tempo than it is. I'm glad that it's not as slow as I kind of expected it to be from Belgium. This feels like a nice change of pace from what they've sent the last couple years with Hoover Phonic. I agree with that. Yeah, it was definitely funkier than yes. I was expecting. <laughs> like, I thought it was just going to be just a straightforward ballad. It's like, oh, no, it's got a beat. This is this is nice. As much as I love the voice as a breeding ground for potential Eurovision hopefuls, I kind of eye roll when I see the voice in a 
contestants profile because i expect a certain kind of song that comes out of music reality competition shows like that mm-hmm. yeah the grand sweeping ballad and this is not a grand sweeping ballad which is good like mm-hmm. I, I i did not want that lyrically it's kind of like mm, this could maybe use one more pass but uh maybe a little too late for that now I just don't like the use of booze as a verb. It, it's just, it's so clunky to me. <laughs> as I was cutting the audio uh, for the, for this, hearing that particular line, I couldn't help but picture this song playing over a supercut of Jerry Blank from Strangers with Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, if, if somebody wants to make that and send it my way, please do, because I, I, I think it'll work. So, <laughs> Oh, man, like it, it is it was a very good week for songs to get put over super cuts of television programs. There are a few coming up that where I'm where I have like very specific visual references of like, it's good that this didn't come out like five years ago, because we would have been inundated with fan videos set to this song. Well, actually, that is a good segue then, because the one where we would have had like, so many Doctor Who, Amy and, and Eleven super cuts to spaceman by sam Ryder, the uk's entry this year And it feels like this one has been kind of like the worst kept secret. Like I was seeing like in the week leading up to this, when the announcement of the announcement popped up on Twitter from the official UK people was seeing multiple people people in the comments with, we're getting an announcement tomorrow. Give it some space, man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then it turns out that the official Eurovision channel video definitely popped up before the announcement was made. So uh, that's how it got confirmed. I have a feeling somebody put AM instead of PM or something in the schedule. It's like, oops, we've all been there. Eurovision's been there. Like that was- <laughs> I have done some YouTube release stuff in the last year. It's very easy, if you don't understand how that works, to have it go out at the wrong time. But they quickly took it down and then like did a proper launch. At least I think they did a proper launch. It would have been while I was asleep. So <laughs> I think they gave it like the proper radio launch with like Scott Mills and everybody being like, here's our entry. Uh, and then he did perform the the live and what I assume is like the cut down three minute version on BBC's The One Show that evening. I think this is a good choice. I've also noticed over like the years that, that I also somehow weirdly buy into the UK's hype cycle of like, this is the year they're going to do it. Admittedly, on my first listen, I almost paused it immediately because I'm like, oh, no, James Blunt. It, in 2006, James Blunt was everywhere. We love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like once I got past that, like the build on this song is very nice. If you watch the the one show performance, he can actually sing the song, which I feel is very important and we did not pay enough attention to last year. I think that's a good observation. Part of my difficulty was my first exposure to the song was with the music video that went with it. And I found the video to be rather annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think that created a very strong negative first impression okay. for me. So it's like, Ugh. but listen to it again and watch the one show performance. And I was a little bit more receptive to it. So I think that helps. And Sam seems like a nice guy. So I, I, I think that is going to help. Overall, this song, it still feels very brand UK. It still feels very formulaic in its structure. And I'm also curious as to why space has kind of been a trend this year, because 
Like we have this, like Circus Mercus also has like space undertones. Subwoofer is space undertones. It's like, what, what, what is in the water right now? Um, we've all been in our houses for like a couple of years and we just want to go outside. I think the BBC did themselves a disservice by letting people who were under consideration who didn't get picked mention that they didn't get picked. Because again, I was slightly disappointed when Heights, uh, a band that I really liked last year, had an interview, like I think through the BBC, where they had said that they had been in the running and had not been chosen. If you're doing an internal selection, don't tell me what you didn't pick. Uh, if you do that, it gives me the same feeling as when I'm rooting for something in a national final and it doesn't end up winning. Except without the national final, where I can be like, well, at least the numbers show up. Because like, if it's just an internal selection... I think it was supposed to build up hype that, like, oh, if they didn't pick these guys, they must have really picked something great. I think Sam is a good choice. Like, he seems like he has personality in spades. He came to fame over lockdown via TikTok covers. Like, he has 12 million followers on TikTok, and that was before this was announced. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's smart. I think it's somebody who is at least somewhat pop culture savvy with sort of how finding artists happens today. And again, like, he can sing. And specifically, he can sing the song that he's doing. Like, I was very impressed with that one show performance. Even though it was very tightly produced, it felt like it was a live vocal. Yeah, but I mean, it was tightly produced the way that Eurovision is tightly produced. So it's like, okay, he's comfortable within the environment that he is going to be entering in. Yeah. Do I think this is going to win? No. Do I think it's going to at least get some points on the board? Yes. There is a very low bar to clear for this to be considered a successful entry. Yeah, it's, it's like, I can see this getting some points from the jury. I can see this getting some points from the televote. That should be yeah. the goal at this point. And like, the UK is already sort of starting its normal press cycle about this. Like, there have been some articles where like, well, it's not a winner. And it's like, that's not that shouldn't be your goal, the UK. Eurovision is not a binary win or no. The press aspect of this is just yes. so, like, uh, like, just thinking of how last year went Watching down. that happen, like, it reminded me of our show last year, because, like, we had somebody reach out from UK Radio in our DMs, being like, hey, do you want to come talk to us on the morning show about Eurovision? And despite my better judgment, I said, sure. I was hoping that we could just do, like, a pre-tape with them. The, the very nice producer did not seem to realize that, no, we, we are based in the United States. We are five hours behind you. I ended up doing the interview at, like, one in the morning, Boston time. And this was the day of the final. I was like, oh. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I was like, whatever. I'll, I'll just stay up super late. I'm a night owl anyways. I'll do the interview, and then I'll just, like, go to bed and sleep in, like, normal. Because it's a Saturday. That was the advantage of, like, okay, like, if we're going to do it live, I guess. I don't know why I thought it was going to be different. This is another space where we need to do better about doing one more Google as a, as a show. Uh, mm -hmm. Just, like, look, <laughs> looking up which, which radio team was like, oh, boy. Um... It was more on the conservative side. We did this, and then I went back and listened to it. I was like, we don't need to promote this. We don't need to send people to listen to this if they if they want to. I was basically Ted Lasso. I came in with just like big Midwestern. I just want everybody to do great energy, and they just wanted me to tell them how much embers sucked. Either one of us, I think, would have been in that position. So, like, I, I think we we had a pretty strong, well, not a strong point of view in terms of what like what the UK was doing. It's like, oh yeah, UK is going to be fine. Like, neither one of us would have predicted what actually happened. I just came in there with like my my Midwestern. I just want everybody to have fun, energy, and again, they were just like, okay, but we're we're gonna do bad, right? And like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I literally can't vote for this. Yeah. Uh, here, yeah. here's some here's some trends to look for, uh, and then like just very quickly was done. It sounds like they've got a good team behind the the performance of this entry. Like, we can't fix the UK media on this, but I, I wish that they realized that the problem with their entries is at least partially the attitude they go into the contest with. Man, if we had the power to fix UK media. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger Patreon. Uh. <laughs> We're going to need more patrons. <laughs> that was the second one of the day. And again, like this one's really grown on me and it, I like it a lot, which I haven't said about UK entries. Cause like last year's was like very love Island, which as far as UK pop goes, wasn't a bad strategy to take, but this I think has at least a little bit more universal appeal in terms of who actually votes for Eurovision. I think this is another one that I will probably grow to like. I don't know if I'm going to grow to love it. Mm-hmm. I did not find it immediately objectionable when listening to just a song and not watching the video. The video is like just the wrong side of cheesy, uh, but the lyric video that is like all uh, CFAX styling, fantastic. Whoever did that, uh, excellent work on the motion graphics. Maybe I'll try that one and, and, and see how that takes. I have a deep love of CFAX from the, the bonus features on the Look Around You DVDs. This felt in the same vein as those. I was I was in a happy place. Excellent. And then the final entry released on Thursday of this week was Greece's entry, Amanda Tenfjord's Die Together. If we die together now, we will always have each other. I won't lose you for another. And if we die together now, I will always till forever if we die together die together i was familiar with amanda tenfjord's music from before the contest and this is very much in the the same vein as what she does this is very good i cannot wait to hear a live version of this like this is the one that i've had on repeat i'm very excited about this entry somebody posted a meme i think it was friday night that her big plan is just to get this to be hero vision she had posted a video like a week or two ago of her ordering takeout and just savoring the french fries that came with her sandwich Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just like yeah there is no downside to that plan i am 100 percent on board for yeah no no like if we're in athens next year i'm eating my body weight in gyros i'm i'm happy to hear that this is consistent with the sort of music that she does because that was the feeling that i got from this song where it it just happens to be greece's eurovision entry and i think that is going to help it stand out from the field this is a song that is going to exist outside of the eurovision ecosystem and yeah i'm I'm very excited about this entry yeah like there is a sparseness to her like particularly like the the opening of it with her just like her voice and like harmonized digitized vocals that's just really lovely yeah and risky i'm just trying to imagine what that is going to be like in the arena it's almost acapella that just seems scary but like in in an exciting way yeah it feels like it has the potential for like a high degree of difficulty performance wise i trust that she's going to be able to deliver that i don't want to say winner vibes yet because it's it feels like it's still a little too fresh out of the oven to figure that out Mm -hmm. but this is one i am definitely keeping an eye on for this season thursday had a lot going on friday there was just one song dropping but it had a lot going on within it so (laughs) it was all we could handle comes from austria it's lum x featuring pia maria and halo So the line, we could be CEO, 
I felt that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that I've been playing a concerning number of times on Spotify. Really? Yeah. And like, well, and like, I think it's because it again, it's like two minutes and forty five seconds, like the perfect length to just be like, it, it's like it's one potato chip. I can't just have one potato chip. I need to listen to it like three times. Oh, Ben. No. <laughs> I I I just find it kind of relentless and almost unpleasant to listen to. It is a lot. I had to listen to it to cut audio. And, <laughs> like, it, it's just... It, it, it is a oh, lot. Yeah. This one feels just like there should be the arrows for DDR on screen while it's happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I, I love DDR back in the day, but... I think there's a reason why those songs are only about 70 seconds. And it's not just because of the like physical exhaustion of playing DDR for an extended length of time. Granted, like having it in headphones is probably contributing to that a lotness, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah, like maybe maybe just listening to it over speakers makes it a little bit more tolerable. But it's not unexpected though. Like yeah. I, I think this is what I was expecting from this collaboration, and it just kind of has me wonder. When you go see a DJ performing, like if you go to like a Steve Aoki concert or a David Guetta concert, like how how does that what, yes, like, work? Yes, okay, good. Okay, so I like this one, but I also have concerns about the performance. I think I described this one on Friday as like something where like in 2002, I would have downloaded this off of LimeWire and given the family computer a virus. Yep. yep. <laughs> if, it, if it has just like strong late 90s Eurodance vibes. Yes. Uh, which are basically capsaicin for my brain it just sort of takes over and is and again and again you can completely blast your taste buds with too much spicy stuff and like i could like two weeks from now i could just like hate this song from just yeah. like overplaying <laughs> it like that but i have concerns about the performance a i want to hear what pia maria's live vocals sound like because i think that's a lot of what's happening here is there's a lot of processing b we need to find something for for lumix to do this not just pretending to press the buttons yeah his contribution in the video was just like, oh, he's the DJ from the Love Love Peace Peace performance. <laughs> oh, good. I was also going to pull out this. He is the DJ who is pretending to scratch, except now DJs don't pretend to scratch. They push the buttons on their on their button thingy. I'm very concerned it's going to be grow me all over again. What will his weird arms thing be? Uh- <laughs> I kind of like the aesthetic of the video. It's sort of like a mashup of like Amadeus plus sexy. Mm hmm. Maybe that's the solution there is just like also put Lumix in the powdered wig and the finery. <laughs> but but he's pressing the buttons like that feels fun to me. Okay. Just like just like everybody is in the same aesthetic instead of like just the dancers. Oh, this could get weird but in a fun way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my my imagination is spinning right yeah, now. Yeah, so. <laughs> like there there is there is potential here, but yeah, we got to find something for Lumix to do with his hands. It's not just pushing the buttons. I think he's game for it cuz he looked like he was having fun in the video. It's just like it's just not visually interesting for the audience. Yes. But yeah, like it's it's a bad visual. Again, like this has just gone like straight to the pleasure centers of my brain and could quickly burn itself out. We've got like eight weeks or so to go, so maybe maybe it'll get, burn out and then kind of refuel uh, during yeah, this, that time. Yeah, this is and... another one that feels like again. Had this come out like ten years ago, there have been like two thousand anime music videos set to it. <laughs> that was it for internal selections that were happening this week. Our roster is getting pretty full, but going into Saturday, we still had three national finals to deal with. Uh, the first one that finished up was Sweden's. And the winner of Melody Festivalen this year was Cornelia Jacobs and Hold Me Closer. Hold me closer, 
So did you stick with the Melfest finale all the way through? I know that you were switching over to Iceland. I switched over to Iceland, but I put Sweden on my laptop so that as performances were happening that I wanted to see again, I could put the volume up on them. And then so when the voting happened, I could watch that. I had completely forgotten about the terrifying music that Sweden plays during the voting sequence. They're so good at heightening the mood. The televote came in and Bigger Than the Universe had 90 points in the televote. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that was shocking-ish. Like, I mean, because the most that you can get from the televote was 96 points. So the fact that he got almost a perfect score, it's like, wow, I... I do not fully get this, I but... Do, no, especially yeah. especially because I had realized in, like, reviewing the songs that, like, it sounds like Keita Te Con Migo. It's Keita Te Con Migo with different words. I think it was ESC Insight had an article that was, like, putting that song into context, and I guess he was a contestant on Sweden's Masked Singer, and either won or did very well. We've been approaching Masked Singers so like, oh, it's something that you do after Eurovision, rather than, like, looking at it from, oh, it's something that could be on the pathway to Eurovision, to building up public goodwill, and then going into your national final and just riding that momentum, which I think was happening here. Yes. Yeah, that one won the televote and finished second overall. Hold Me Closer won the jury and, of course, won overall. And then the Eurovision alumni that were in the mix did not do well in the final. Yeah, uh, Anna Bergendahl finished last in the jury and last overall. Only received points from two juries, 10 points from one and one point from another. It was a very long time before she got any She points. was sitting at the bottom with zero points for a very long time, and I was real concerned. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of uncomfortable to watch. Robin Benson finished last in the televote, and John Lundvik finished eighth overall. Like, he did okay with the jury, but yeah, just did not have a big move uh, with the televote. I'm hoping Sweden's taking this as a sign to maybe get some new faces into the Melfest lineup. That was probably my least favorite of Anna Bergendahl's entries over the years. Mine too. And again, did not understand the weird horse girl energy of the staging. Yeah, I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> it was just like, it was just real weird. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just, it was real weird. Um, I really want to know if that Robin Bankson song would have gotten through direct to final if it had not been for the new voting system failing the first week. Nothing against that song, but it also feels like a medley of three different songs at once. And it felt really weird for that song to be paired with Robin. Like, the only person who would have been weirder to have singing Innocent Love would have been, like, Eric Sada, I think. (laughs) Especially after, (laughs) especially directly after every minute. It just felt like a weird pairing. It didn't feel like his song. I I think we've been pretty bullish on Hold Me Closer as a winner. I have been rooting for that one since the start of Melfest this year. Congratulations, Cornelia. And yeah, I think one of my favorite moments from all of selection season was after she won and they're getting to the stage and she's just hugging and being carried by one of the hosts to the stage. Because like, we've got a show to go on, but she's just so elated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of want Sweden to look at like why this one had such a wide appeal. There was a rawness to it that I feel like has been missing from Sweden. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's still like a very polished track, but there is a, there's like a nice raw edge and just sort of a yearning in Cornelia's voice when she performs this live. It's very interesting to me that the, the staging for this one feels so simple compared to the other ones. Yeah, like it really seemed like it was much more focused on the song than everything attached to the song. Because when I think of all of the other entries that were people's favorites it felt like it was more about the visual component than the song component which i know it's eurovision but 
It is a song contest. It is, it is a song contest. <laughs> I don't and like this is the one of the various things this week that also had kind of winter vibes for me. Oh, okay. I get chills listening to this song like every time. It certainly has taken the internet's heart, which like the internet is not the only voters at Eurovision, but it ha- it, it just feels like it has an immediate connection. I'm looking forward to examining this one in the context of its semifinal uh, when we get to that stage. Over at Song for Captain, kind of had what felt like a surprise. Uh, because Siga Beta Ogellen won with Met Heiken T. Shore. So the superfinal came down to Daughters of Reykjavik's Turn This Around and this song. And once it came down to these two, I figured it would be close, but I thought that it was going to pivot in Daughters of Reykjavik's direction. I think either of these would have been a good choice. They bring different energies, but they both bring like Iceland's gravitas. I liked both these songs and like I was seeing people online and like self-included saying this is a very airwaves choice. It speaks to the breadth and depth of the artist lineup at Airwaves that both of these super final entries felt like very Airwaves choices because Airwaves has also had shows from Hatari and has had shows from Dothi Frere and has had shows from Daughters of Reykjavik. But also a lot of that festival is like this very sort of chill indie folk vibe that Sega Beta Og Ellen bring. Yeah, and the harmonies are just so lovely to listen to. <laughs> uh-huh, just like, well, and like in like the pre-roll video, they were showing all the various songs that they were harmonizing on. As somebody who has been watching uh, Song of Captain for a few years now, it's very funny to me that like Ellen A, uh, the Ellen in this group, performed Waterloo at the last Song of Captain that happened before the pandemic, where Dothi Frere won, and now she is part of the winning trio. Yeah, but even that feels very Icelandic, where it's just like, oh, yeah, Hera Björk was a representative back in 2010, and then she was a backing singer in 2015. It's just like, oh, yeah, you just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the music culture in Iceland is just so delightful. Yeah, it's, it's just like you you constantly see the same people showing up to, to back one another up. I don't think there was a bad song in the bunch of these five. Admittedly, uh, Amorosis' song had not been my favorite in Icelandic, and I still can't quite say it was my favorite in English. It was a little repetitive, but it fit better, and I understood why it was the wild card. If you're fifth place in this final, it's like, yeah, it was still a really good final. <laughs> like, this this would be better than a lot of songs in a lot of other national finals. Good job all around Iceland. Like, I think it was a very solid competition this year. Tusa was the special musical guest after Goa could not be present for obvious reasons. And, like, I did like that when he performed Voices, he did change your lyric to be, so go get out and help Ukraine. Yeah, and he was such a delightful guest. And that was one of the things that I kind of missed about eurovision coverage back in may where since people weren't really free to be out and about there weren't as many interviews but he's such a dynamo Mm -hmm. that was that was just such a fun interview where like he kind of like half wasn't aware it was happening because it was happening in icelandic but i think that just added to the charm of it and again just like well done iceland uh the dothi for a performance uh was great i had forgotten how long the song of a captain final is oh yeah (laughs) and like part of that is because there are ad breaks 
and like as you had joked, they have to go door to door and make sure that everybody who hasn't voted uh, knows that it's time to vote. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there are there are three hundred thousand people in Iceland. Uh, they have like ninety nine point nine of them watch Eurovision. They need to make sure everybody's gotten their vote in. Another final that goes a little long, a little longer than it may need to, uh, is Portugal's Festival de Canção. This year's edition was won by Mero and her song Sodade Sodade. was such a relaxing way to finish up selection season like it was just i don't know just having the music kind of flow over and just very chill vibes but yeah like this this song is really pleasant and really like it it just kind of reminds me of being on a long road trip and you're in kind of a area where there's a whole bunch of trees and the sun is kind of getting cut by all the branches so it's just kind of flickering while you're in the car and it's like a little bit warm but not too warm and you're like on the verge of napping you're not the one driving but (laughs) uh, yeah i think it does a great job of conveying the longing yes and like i feel like it's not festival de cansao without at least one song that mentions sodade that is the very portuguese or brazilian feeling of longing or melancholy I don't. I just like that. Like Portugal knows what their vibe is. This feels very in line with what they have sent recently. It, it's just like a. It, it's just like a very fun, very chill hang. And I liked. I liked it a lot. There was some great vocal interplay between all the vocalists. Really, I think Festival de Cansao is the happy medium between Festival de Congas and Melfest. In that, it's the national song festival. It's the Eurovision selection method. But they prioritize correctly in trying to balance those two out. Festival of Congress has this whole, like, this is the Albanian national song contest. And it just happens to be what we use to select for Eurovision. Whereas Melfest is just like, this is what we use to select Eurovision. And it just happens to be the Swedish National Song Festival. Yeah, like, there are songs in Swedish, but it's like besides the point. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, it's just like, okay, yeah, this is a celebration of Portuguese music. And... Once this festival is done, we're going to have our Eurovision entry, and it's going to be great. It could finish first, it could finish last, whatever, we're all having a good time. And, like, why, why is anybody in a rush? Yeah, and, like, why is anybody in a rush? No. Have another Cortado, it's great. The competitive performances finished, uh, would have been probably about an hour into the show, and the results didn't come for another two hours. Oh, oh yeah, like, I, I did not watch Festival of the Kansau, uh, but, like, it just seemed the various tweets of, like, well, the performances are done. We have two hours and like, was it was great. I, I left my apartment. I went and picked up Thai food. I walked back. We still had an hour to go. A lot of great performances there. Like it was really getting into like the, this is the national song festival part of things. And then when it got to the uh, actual results, those moved along. Like they got the jury votes. Sodade, Sodade, like won the jury handily. After the jury vote, they re-rank the scores so whatever's in first place is at 12 points the raw points don't carry over uh so when they were getting into the televote and everything was kind of middling out to 14 points like by the time they got to sixth place in the televote it was like oh 
she already has this in the bag and she ended up winning the jury anyway. So it was like first place, 24 points. And then there was a three-way tie for second for 14 points. So it was just like, yeah, definite winner here. I think this is a a good entry for Portugal. I, I think it's fitting in with the overall vibe that uh, this year's Eurovision is going to have. Like it's, it's not going to be a party year or at least not a fully party year, but I don't think this one is like the sad dreary ballad that it could have been with the exception of halo like the vibe from like greece through sweden iceland and portugal which is sort of this wonderful sort of aching but but feeling good about it Mm -hmm. sort of vibe like again halo is just sort of the outlier yeah (laughs) (laughs) like somebody who's talking at normal volume when walking into a library be like oh wait i'm supposed to be quiet (laughs) just something something like that or just like everybody's just having like a real chill time and then you like open up a open up the door over here it's just like blasting just like a, a blasting party and they just shut the door and it's like no we, we're, we're over here and we're quiet and we're a little bit sad and it's fine and that was selection season we're not quite done but we're close everybody's homework is due monday the 14th so that will already have happened by the time this episode drops but it sounds like some of that homework is revisions because we've got a few revisions that are happening on monday to look forward to we're getting a revamp of israel's i am it sounds like the the main text of the song is staying the same, but we'll see if the production is still the same as what was happening, or if they've somehow made it into like a ballad. We'll we'll, we'll discover that together. Oh no! Yeah, that oh didn't yeah, occur to me, and now I'm just like, oh I'm yeah, concerned. just like, what if we're getting like a slow version of that song? Because I'm not sure how that works. The children's choir version of it. No, uh, <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> But we flew to Vienna and got the boys' choir and everything. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that where it will be interesting to see is like we might be getting a fully different song from Malta. Mm-hmm. We had some thoughts about the Maltese process, and if they pick a completely different song, I will have more thoughts because that just feels even more kind of like like is the is your selection for the artist or is it for the song? Yeah, I don't think they've ever really nailed that down. Yeah, Malta was doing the thing where it was like X Factor, and then whoever won X Factor, they wrote a song for. And that worked for them. But yeah, so Emma Muscat has a new single dropping on Monday, which is a really weird time to drop a new single if you're a Eurovision artist. If you enjoyed I Am, get ready for I Am What I Am, because that's not confusing. (laughs) If they do it, it wouldn't be the first time Malta's done that, because like Ira Lasko in 2016 won with Chameleon, but she performed Walk on Water. Yeah, and I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did kind of flop at Eurovision, but that's okay. But <laughs> we're still waiting on a couple of entries to get fully finalized. We know all of the artists. Azerbaijan announced their artist a couple weeks ago, and Armenia announced that Rosa Lynn has been selected. Uh, but her song is not uh, scheduled to drop until Saturday, March 19th. I would not be shocked if it gets leaked before then because it That's a will long be... time. Yeah. And like yeah. like what we like what we do know about Azerbaijan is they have promised us an emotional ballad and I don't know about you Mike but I'm ready for Marco Polo. I'm just wondering like it, it it just feels like there's going to be some tension in terms of who wants to be the last song? So is Azerbaijan waiting for Armenia to drop or is Armenia saying our song is dropping March 19th just sort of they're opening parry in this game of chicken where at this point just just drop the songs just drop the songs i want to hear the songs so we are eight weeks away from the semifinals it's time for phase two of our normal eurovision calendar uh which if you're new to the program welcome hello what that means is we're going to invite some friends and get some outside opinions on how they're thinking about these songs just to kind of help shake up our own perception of them i don't know i always find discussing these with with our guests helpful mike oh Absolutely. Like last year, I 
would have completely written off Belgium. And after our discussion about that particular entry, it's like, oh, I thought about it. And then uh, we were right to predict it going into the final. So that was nice. <laughs> we brought in a lot of different guests, new Eurovision people, established Eurovision people, music critics, people that we just like. We will be going through both of the semifinals and talking about the songs in the context of their semifinals. With the first semifinal, we're going to have to do like a weird alphabetical order thing because we probably won't be getting the uh, true running order until we are well into this part of the process. But we'll do the running order for the second semifinal. I am really looking forward to getting the, the running orders and I do not envy the people who had to figure that out this year. It is wild. Good luck to whoever gets that assignment. So <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot that is going to be happening uh, over the next couple of months, but I'm excited for it. I think we have a great crop of artists to kind of sit with and see how they develop over the next eight weeks. I think that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me. And Ben Smith. That's me. Follow us on our socials at EuroWhat and check out our website at EuroWhat.com. There you can find past episodes, show notes, subscribe links, and our Patreon, where we will be talking about the American Song Contest. Next time on the EuroWhat, we begin our deep dive into this year's Eurovision entries. Returning guest Meredith Clark will be chatting with us about the first batch of songs from the first semifinal.